Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Instead of our usual money subject today on Talking Real Money, I think it's time for a little exercise. We're going to we're going to work out today, okay? What we're going to do is a little stretching. We're going to stretch, stretch. Mm. Ah, stretch. Mm. Oh, what are we stretching for? Ah, yield. We're stretching for yield. It's about this is about as good a way to stretch for yield. Give me give me yield as a lot of the ways you are taking these days. Because at least this one is unlikely to hurt you. This stretch, not particularly, well, okay, Tom throws things out all the time, <laughs> but uh, not likely to hurt you. So that's what we're going to talk about. Stretching for yield on the Talking Real Money dual adventure program, the video audio experience. I'm Don McDonald. That's me. Over there is Thomas Cock. That's him. Yeah. Over there. And you, you are wherever you are around the world. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast service or subscribe to our, what do they call them? Vlog. I guess it's a vlog. Technically, it is a vlog. Yeah, it's a That's vlog correct. Yeah. on YouTube. I hate the term vlog for some reason. It just, it sounds squishy. It gets stuck in your teeth a <laughs> I got bit. a big vlog. <laughs> Hacking up a like blog. You need to <laughs> need to floss or something after you say it. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, wrong right there. Uh, 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number to give us a call with your questions, or you can send them in at talkingrealmoney.com. And Tom, let's talk a little bit about stretching for yield, because back in the good old days, people felt like, well, I'm getting high single digit or low double digit numbers on my nice safe bank money. When in fact they weren't. But um, what's the situation now? It's getting a little scary. Well, it is. Uh, and we got a great email today from a woman who wants to chat with us and she wants to move her money into a CD that's paying a lot with no risk. Um, wait, and- wait. Oh, oh, that's what she wants. That's what she wants. Oh, okay. Got it. You know, and I she want can't. a pill that's going to uh, allow me to have chocolate cake morning, noon, and night. And make me feel like I'm 25 again. So when that shows up, I will share it with all of you. But here, there's... Uh, please do me a favor. <laughs> yes. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> exactly. Uh, because there's a couple of things going on that we've seen that that are troublesome. Um, when we see that $25 billion are flowing into high dividend paying exchange traded funds. Now, I didn't realize there are 100 and. 43 dividend, what they call dividend exchange traded funds in the US. And here's what's going on. People are piling into these because they think they're getting something for nothing, right? That they're getting high dividend paying stocks in these exchange traded funds 
Um, and they do it a number of different ways. They have companies that offer the highest current yield. They have companies that have a history of raising dividends. They have hybrid ETFs between the two. Um, but here's what you don't know. Uh, you Because you, you euphemistically raised this at the beginning, the chasing yield is not a good idea. Stretching for it is not a good idea. Because what you're really signing up for is increased volatility. And we'll talk about what's going on with people that are in bonds because they think they're safe. You know, because when you when you start to eliminate your diversification, when you just pick a few uh, uh, dividend-paying stocks or you put your money in a high-dividend-paying exchange-traded fund, you're reducing the number of stocks you hold, right? So now you don't have as much diversification. And we know the one sort of free lunch you get on Wall Street is diversification. The fact that you can hold securities that have thousands of them. You've heard us talk about this before. You've actually, over time, and you can speak to this, Don, while it feels good that you're getting these dividends, you've actually reduced your returns because dividends are paid out and the stock price is adjusted, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why they have the thing called the ex-dividend date. When a stock trades, they pay out the dividend, and the day after that dividend is paid, the value of the stock is reduced by the amount of the dividend because the dividend is actually company value that they've been sitting on, and then they they pay it out. But it's not like you're actually losing because dividends come from profits. It's just profits that they've banked for the quarter until they pay them out. But there's something you need to understand, and this is really, really important when it comes to dividends. High dividend paying stocks usually have high dividends for a bad reason. Because their stock price is way down and they haven't reduced their dividend. They've kept it up. The other thing you're dealing with is a very limited number, a limited universe of equities. And that, as Tom said, diversification decreases volatility. Lack of diversification increases risk. So this is a dangerous strategy. And the other thing that you're doing, in addition to seeking out high dividend paying stocks, is, oh my gosh, you're doing something you wouldn't have done 10 years ago. And that is, I am so desperate for yield that I'll take junk bonds. I don't care. Yeah, and this has come up again recently, and and it will continue to come up as interest rates are low and safe investments. We're talking about U.S. government bonds are paying what? What is the ten year today? I don't know one point. Yeah, under four, two, three, whatever it yeah, is. Well under two. Uh, the the Vanguard short term investment grade bond fund still paying under two. I mean, places where you're probably you're likely to get your money back aren't paying very much. So people are saying, well, that's not very appealing, Don. I'd like to make some money and not Mm -hmm. take any risk. But they're piling money into speculative bonds and the people running a bond funds, pardon me, people running those bond funds, guess what? They're out looking for deals with a higher yield so that they can be competitive. I I love what one of the managers said in this article. He said, an informed client is more tolerant and they understand that in this kind of market, you almost want your manager to underperform. In other words, if someone's doing great in this very low interest environment, you should be nervous because here's something to pay attention to. A Vanguard runs a very fine high-yield bond fund. Do you know what that bond fund lost in 2008? A lot. Um, almost a quarter of its value. It did exactly yeah. what it should because it's piled into risky bonds 
It didn't look like those corporations were going to pay you back in 2008. The fund went straight down. So again, oh, oh, and by the way, many of them did not pay you back. No, some of those got into trouble and didn't pay you back. So we know with bonds, looking back, that quality and duration is critical. That and we know that bonds. This is the other thing. It's frustrating for many of you. You look at stocks which have made a lot of money, twenty percent plus this year. And you say, but I got this other part of my portfolio, Don, that's in bonds, not making any money. It's it's actually it's lost a little bit money. money. This, I hate what, that. Why am I owning? Why Let's move it into the things that are make money. Well, until stocks go down, which could happen anytime, a lot of predictions about this fall, right? The fall, scary, October, et cetera. Uh, and when stocks do go down, and they will, the bonds should be the buoyant part of your portfolio that sort of maintain the balance there. But people have a tendency to say, I want everything making money all the time. By the way, I want that pill. I want everything making money all the time, Don. Why can't I have my cake and not gain any weight? Come on. Uh, and, and another problem, and you just mentioned it, you just uh, just kind of brushed across it, and that is, I want what is making money. And we have a real problem with tense. And you know, if you stretch, you'll be less tense. Oh, right. Wrong tense. Um, you, you use present tense when you should be using past tense. Nothing is up or down. Everything was up or down. What it was isn't what it will be. Not in the short run. There's no way to know. None. Get over it. No way to know. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number. You can call us with your questions or you can send them in. And this is the time for some of those sent in questions, Tom. You ready for one? Did we get one from El Salvador asking why my (laughs) currency fell almost 20% in one day? I ran to the ATM, Don. I got a hundred whatever out. I went to buy a chocolate bar, found out that that hundred whatever wouldn't buy it anymore because, oh, that's right. It's based on Bitcoin now and it was down 20% at the time. Great idea there, guys. Yeah, yeah. Bitcoin Bitcoin is the official uh, currency. And what's hysterical about it is that they only bought like 400 Bitcoin yeah, for the entire government. Yeah. Uh, wow. Let's not exactly get me started a major on economy. That got a question policy. for you. Yes. You ready? Yes. Hi, Don and Tom. Oh, again, I was first. Thank you so much for your podcast. I've only been listening for a short time, but love the straight talk about real money. I have two questions that will try to keep them short. And Tom, okay. I'm sure she meant this just for you. Okay. Uh, I, I, I hear a lot remember. of talk. I hear a I'm lot of talk. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to write it down. So go ahead. <laughs> yes. I hear a lot of talk on podcast blogs, ex- blogs, blogs, et cetera. Blogs. Yeah. No, blogs about mm-hmm. investing in the S&P 500 index funds, but never hear anything about the NASDAQ. I'm curious why this is. And if you believe the NASDAQ Composite Index has a place in an investment portfolio, it seems well diversified with over 3,000 holdings. That's the FNCMX at Fidelity. Let's go ahead with that one. Yeah. Okay. So you don't hear much about the. I'm surprised you don't hear much about the NASDAQ because technology's had a huge, huge run over, gosh, really since the crisis in 08. Uh, if you hadn't noticed, there's like five technology companies that now make up about 20% of the S&P 500 that are traded on NASDAQ that have had a huge run. Uh, do we suggest you put money specifically into technology, specifically into the NASDAQ? 
No, you own those companies by being globally diversified. Technology's had kind of over the long haul, it has these, like it's had recently, this huge run-up. And by the way, there was another period of time 20 years ago when it had a huge run-up and then it had a huge run-down. Uh, Ten-year so run-down. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not a believer in investing in just the NASDAQ per se. Go ahead. And there's another reason why we don't do this, because we don't suggest exact indexes. We don't suggest the S&P 500. We don't suggest the NASDAQ because really we're talking in one case about an index and the other about a market. Good point. What we're looking for is asset classes. We're looking for diversification, broad diversification across asset classes. But we want to see if you're going to get into the weeds and really try to pick the best things for your portfolio long term. That's when you overweight value and you overweight small companies and you 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 match the global weight of international and you have some emerging markets and you have some real estate, which kind of leads us to your second question. Second question is about a total market index fund versus the S&P 500 index plus an extended market index. It seems like either option would give similar diversification. But the two-fund approach would allow more flexibility in tweaking the allocation. Am I looking at this wrong? The total market is definitely the simpler approach, but if you, but if you want to do a little fine-tuning, would it be okay to go with the 500 and the extended market? Thanks so much for everything. So the 500 and the extended market, I think that's just U.S., correct? Correct. Yeah. So then you'd be not owning any international. I think you should own international. Um, and by the way, on I think at Talking Real Money, dot com we offer three portfolio suggestions three four fund- now four now oh we got four. we have we etfs have- now oh that's right so we have etfs we have vanguard we have fidelity and we have schwab yeah. in those situations we have a total us and a total international which allows you to be a little more balanced when it comes to the globe and it allows you to rebalance right because us stocks have done better lately you'd be selling those and buying international stocks um, but in the long haul, what do I expect? I suspect that if you own one fund, giving you this fund before, it's an exchange traded fund, V for T, V T, V for Victor, T for Tango, you own the globe, you own 8,800 securities, you'll do okay. I think if you had the three fund approach, as I said, you can rebalance, it might be slightly better, but I bet the differences are going to be very slight. And if I was going to go with a another fund to add to that to give you more flexibility and more potential long-term return, the fourth fund I would add would be a small cap value index for about 10% or so of the total equity portfolio, because that will give you a better potential or should, based on the past, give you the a better future potential bang for your buck than than an extended S&P 500. I mean, just, it's, it's, the numbers aren't... The numbers don't support what you're th- suggesting. So I think that's at least they haven't in the past. Well put. Uh, again, our phone number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. You can send questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com. And if you really need help, you need like, I need help. I have lots of stuff on my desk. I have all this paper. I don't know what any of this is. Please, somebody make it like that. make sense. <laughs> Uh, get in touch with one of our advisors at Vestory. We'll do this for free for nothing. No obligation. And honest to goodness, 
no high pressure sales pitch. So uh, go to vestry.com and just set up an appointment. You'll be glad that you did and you'll go, wait, you give me that for nothing? What's the catch? Here's the catch. There's a catch. Yes. We're in business. We found it helps us get clients because even if you don't need our help, we know you know somebody who does and you don't want to be the one giving it, right? Plus, we're we're very fairly priced, which we'll cover in tomorrow's podcast. We're going to talk about costs in tomorrow's podcast. Thanks for listening. Glad you're there. Tell a friend or a thousand. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you just love the heck out of us. Uh, and um, is there anything else we should add, Tom? A beat, stay flexible. Stay flexible. Stretch, uh, but not for yield. Stretch. Thanks for being there. I'm Don McDonald. That's Tom Cock. Stretching and talking real money. that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.